Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to a Scouse House special podcast on the heels of the responses we got from the Champions League preview uh, with kind of the motley crew of a panel. We thought we'd throw an even more motley or crewer of a panel. Kevin, is that correct terminology for radio? Uh, motley or crew. Motley or crew. Okay, like kickstart my heart and that type of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Right, 80s hairband. So we've got a crew here tonight that I'm really excited about. Lots of different opinions on this. We're going to try to break down uh, the World Cup preview for those that are somewhat familiar with it and also those that are just you know, casual listeners to the Louisville City FC podcast and want to know more about what this means on the, on the global stage. Uh, so what I'm going to do is we're going to introduce our panel. We'll let them introduce themselves. My name is Kenny Alward. I host our last one with our special podcast. Um, I've been a Liverpool supporter since 98. That's how I got into it. Um, I started really getting into the World Cup about 90. And I remember when it was played in Korea, and I had to start waking up at like 2 in the morning to watch games. And that's when I was like, there's a really global aspect to this, and I don't like it. Because I wanted everything to be on the Eastern time zone. So that's my stick. So to my left. I'm Kevin Kern. I'm co-host of Soccer City Radio, and I'm also the color commentator for Louisville City on the radio. Um, I've been a soccer fan basically all my life. Um, and I think my first World Cup memory, I was really indoctrinated in the sport, it was the 06 World Cup. Uh, I lived in Germany at the time. I remember uh, I uh, was I attended my very first World Cup game with Sweden versus Trinidad and Tobago. It was a group stage game. It was a 0-0 draw. The clash of the Titans. It was the most boring <laughs> game I ever watched. I was a Dortmund fan at the time. Um, and then I also was fortunate enough to see Brazil versus Japan. Um, I was an arm's length away from Ronaldinho. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. Um, and after that, you know, the rest is history. It's funny, I heard Ronaldinho on a podcast not long ago saying that he was arm length from Kevin Kernan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, they say never meet your heroes, but I think he handled it right I, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my name is uh, Jonas Wolf. I'm from Hamburg, Germany. Uh, lived in the States for about seven years now. And, um, yeah, of course, everybody grows up uh, with soccer in, in Germany. And uh, I became a Dortmund fan uh, during their, their um, great time of 96-97. Uh, Champions League winners? Yep, they won the Champions League in 97. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I just like that uh, Bayern München at that time uh, wasn't winning everything in Germany. So I've, I've rooted for, for Dortmund ever since. And my... Uh, well, maybe not my first uh, memory of the World Cup, but my greatest memory of the World Cup was also 2006, when, of course, I lived in Germany, and uh, it was just, uh, honestly, it changed everything for Germany. Um, before, I felt like we weren't even able to show our flag on, on, the, on the road, but that just gave us our pride Don't back. worry about it. We're still worried about that with England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. <laughs> Anyways, it just kind of gave us our national pride back. Uh, everybody was united, and it was just a great, great time. And they did uh, pretty well, and uh, yeah, just everybody came together, and it was amazing. So. All right, I'm Lance McGarvey. I'm host of Soccer City Radio, and uh, everyone knows I'm a new convert to, to being uh, aware of soccer at a much deeper level than ever before. Uh, prior to this World Cup, frankly, I was just mildly aware that it was going on and didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. And uh, now that I've become somewhat of a soccer fan, celebrity, uh, fan. Not, You're a soccer not celebrity, celebrity soccer fan, certainly, 
certainly not that. But but unfortunately, I don't have a team I can really rally behind for this World Cup. <laughs> well, not yet. As obviously the U.S. men's national team uh, has disappointed uh, those of us here in the States. Uh, but uh, I'm looking over this list. There's a couple that I think that I could really identify with, and, and, and I think as this conversation goes on, I may hone in on a, on a country I can rally behind. <laughs> you strike me as a Tunisia kind of guy. <laughs> Good evening. Um, you know me, I'm Scouse. Um, I'm a Liverpool fan, but uh, unfortunately, where the World Cup comes in, um, I do uh, rally behind my home country of England, and um, over the, the, the last few years, I know England won the World Cup back in 1966. And um, I think I was maybe nine months old when that happened. And no, I don't remember that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I grew up um, watching England fail in the World Cup, one, uh, one World Cup after another. And, um, comedy of errors. Yeah, comedy of errors. And uh, my, my outstanding um, World Cup memory is when um, 1986, um, England... Um, we're knocked out by the infamous hand of God, and um, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I truly believe that if if um, that goal hadn't gone in, England would have gone through to the World Cup final. So, um, but that's all in the past now. So, um, I'm kind of waiting on another um, rendition of um, England's poor World Cup performance, and we'll see how they go on this time. So. Alright, um, I'm Brianna Roby. I um, am a co-host, I guess, on Barrel Proof now. And um, my first World Cup experience, I believe it was 94 when it was hosted in the U.S. Um, and I had just started playing soccer. I was like in second grade or something like that. Um, and I thought it was really cool that it was being hosted here. And that was kind of when I fell in love with soccer and started following it. You um, fell in love with Brad Green and his butterfingers. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <All> right. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my favorite memory of the World Cup was um, the year that my son was born. I actually I was a big Landon Donovan fan and named my son Landon after him. And Landon Donovan did really well that year in 2010. So uh, um, that's my favorite memory just because of my son being born that year and everything. Awesome. Uh, Patrick Harkenberg, um, I play drums. Uh, no, I uh, really started getting into soccer from going to the Louisville City Games, uh, playing with the Groove Machine. Um, finally looked up about mid-season last year and realized that there was a good game going on right. on the field. So I've really been you know, trying to catch up with learning the actual game itself since then. Uh, really enjoy being a part of it and uh, yeah, excited to see how this World Cup turns out. So we're in this together, Patrick. Me and you, right? All right. <laughs> uh, my name is Evan Floyd. I am the host of Scouse's House's In the House podcast. Uh, I am a erstwhile Arsenal fan, and I am also an enormous Lou City fan. Uh, my first World Cup memory would have to be 94 when we hosted it here in the States, watching the Denim Warriors get out there. <laughs> I, I wanted to grow dreadlocks like Kobe Jones. Kobe Jones. Yeah. Uh, and my I was my hopes were dashed when my sister explained to me that uh, I couldn't do that, which was unfortunate to a 12-year-old. But I did uh, try to pull my hair back into a ponytail in goal like Tony Miola. So that was worthwhile. Um, that was my first real experience with the World Cup. I'm looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know that uh, the United States being out stinks, 
for local fans, but I think this is a real opportunity for people to uh, sort of expand their horizons beyond uh, U.S. soccer and uh, experience this as the world's biggest sporting event like it truly is. Excellent. So uh, thanks for the intro for everybody. So you can see it's a different panel than what we had for our last special podcast. Uh, just a reminder to everybody at the table, it's just because I'm used to projecting my voice, just be sure you speak loud because we don't have high-tech equipment. We have high-tech equipment for two people, but we have eight of us. So uh, everybody speak up a little bit. If you feel like you want to yell at me or Scouse, it's fine. We won't take it personal. Mm-hmm. I yell at him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're actually really close because of that, or deaf. So uh, the question becomes, like what Evan just brought up and also Lance brought up, is that you know, for us here in the States, the U.S. men's national team is not in the World Cup. And these are supposed to be the top 32 teams in the world. If you were to look at the world rankings, the U.S. would fall right in the cusp of that uh, by the latest FIFA rankings. So I've asked Scouts to kind of go through a little breakdown of what it takes. It's a two-year process, right, Scouts, for Correct. the qualification Correct. process? Yeah. And how and do you determine that? Well, what happens is um, back on, believe it or not, on the 12th of March 2015 is when the qualifying rounds of um, the World Cup began. And there are one, two, three, there's six confederations in, uh, in FIFA. Um, one of them is Africa, we have Asia, we have Europe, North and Central America, we have Oceania and South America. And that each area of the world is broken down and your country falls into one of those confederations. And just to give you um, a magnitude of what the, uh, the World Cup is, um, on 12th of March 2015, there were 209 teams, 209 countries that had registered to take part in um, 2018 World Cup. So it's taken almost three years, over three years, to get to this point. And right now, um, we're getting down to the, uh, the the crotch of it where we have uh, the best 32 out of every single one of those con- confederations. And now we're going to converge on Russia to duke out the World Cup. And unfortunately, like you said, the United States didn't qualify. Um, I know in the uh, the FIFA standings, you know, the United States is what... Um, in the top 20, in the top 20, but um, because they didn't perform um, on the pitch, they they got eliminated by a little minnow like Iceland. So um, you know, it's whoever shows up on the day, and um, now we're going to see the, the top 32 teams in the world all competing in Russia um, in 10 days from now. So. Thank you for that. So now what happens is, for those that are new to the World Cup, uh, there are eight different groups, uh, each labeled with a letter from the alphabet, and there are four teams in each group. They play a total of three games inside the group, and the top two teams move on to the knockout phases. That's a round of 16. For most people here in Kentucky, we can get used to that because it sounds like an NCAA tournament bracket. That's what happens after the group stage. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through each of the eight groups, and we're going to get some opinions on who we like and who we don't like, uh, probably some loose flyers. I've already heard a few names pop out of a few nations that I'm a little shocked with. I'm sure Ladbrokes would love to take some of the money from some of the names <laughs> I've heard thrown out already. Um, so we're going to start out with Group A. Uh, group A is made up of Uruguay, Russia, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. The odds-on favorites by the bookies to move through are obviously Uruguay and then the host nation of Russia. Thoughts? Thoughts? Well, um, for me, um, like we discussed before, we started this was that um, I'm looking at one 
mouth-watering game um, in that group, and that is between uh, Egypt and Uruguay, because you've got two of the top um, strikers in the world that are basically going to go head-to-head. Um, and you have um, Mo Salah, if he recovers enough, he uh, he will be playing for Egypt. And then on the Uruguay squad, you, you have um, Luis Suarez of uh, Barcelona, and he um, those two guys are going to go head to head. And I think last year those two um, they scored a ridiculous amount of goals between the two of them. So that right there in Group A is a, um, a mouth-watering fixture. Um, and um, for me, I, I, I wouldn't mind betting that Egypt may upset everybody and um, go through, whether it's at the expense of Russia or Uruguay. I think if you look at the quality, Saudi Arabia, which by the way is uh, one of the two teams to have the squad entirely made up of domestic players, which means they all play at the club level in Saudi Arabia, I don't see them picking up a single point. They're the lowest ranked, if you look at the FIFA rankings, the lowest ranked team in the tournament. And I think what it's going to come down to is the home support for Russia um, over, uh, you know, the lack of quality between Egypt and Russia and their squads. I think if you look at both of their teams, minus Mo Salah, uh, it's both, you know, a pretty comparable level of quality. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting kind of to see who t- pips that second spot. I think everybody sees Uruguay going through uh, as the group winner. Do you see why I have him on as my co-host? <laughs> <laughs> That's quality, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's your show, Pony Lance. <laughs> well, I, I do have to say, though, about that group, I heard that Mo Salah might be injured still at the time of the mm-hmm. um, first the, match. Yeah, yeah. first yeah. match, it's going to be, be uh, Egypt and Uruguay. Yeah. It should, yeah, that'll so, be crucial. Um, so, but if they win the other two, which I could definitely see that, then they should And one thing we need well. to point out, too, is what, what happens is, is in the group stage, um, each team in the group, there's four teams in the group, they, they get to play three games. They play against every other team in the group. Right. If you win, you earn three points. If you tie, it's only one point. And if you lose, you get nothing. So at the end of um, the group stage, whoever the top two teams are in the group, they will go through to the elimination round. One thing about this group to me is I agree with Kevin. I think it does end up coming down to uh, who wins the Russia-Egypt game. Um, but even more than who wins that game, I think that it matters how badly do you beat a team like Saudi Arabia. Because goal mm-hmm. differential becomes such an important We've part of tiebreakers. You've only got three matches, and so every goal you score may be the difference between advancing and uh, not advancing. Because And I'm sorry to put a damper on this. Can one of you explain what goal differential is to the... How many more goals did you score than the other teams in your group scored is how goal differential is. So if, uh, let's say, everybody loses to Uruguay 5 to nothing, and everybody beats Saudi Arabia, Arabia 5 to nothing, then Russia and Egypt would play against each other, and their goal differential would be even. They'd both lost five, point, or five goals and scored five goals. Then uh, however many they score in that match would be, generate a goal differential. But I'm saying that I think that it's important to note how do they do against the bottom dweller in Saudi Arabia? Because if you squeak out a one nothing or two to one win over a team that you should beat comfortably, then uh, if you end up drawing against the other team that has a real chance to advance, then they will advance based on their goal differential. So you want to make sure you pummel the teams that are uh, that shouldn't be in your class. And so uh, how badly uh, Egypt and Russia are able to take out Saudi Arabia and how much of a game they can give Uruguay 
is every bit as important as their actual match against each other. Absolutely. I wish I had a bell I could ring for all these awesome points and just I'd be ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we can wrap it up right now. I've already learned. It just turned into a drinking game. This is awesome. Well, then I'm losing. Oh, great breakdown, Evan. That's awesome. That's a good point, man. And if Saudi Arabia pips, you know, draws a game, that could be the ultimate deciding factor. You know, Easily. Draw like, like the one discussed too, the World Cup is renowned for having um, minnows rise to the top and actually qualify. And, Absolutely. Um, because I remember a few years ago, nobody thought that Senegal would even make it out of the, the rounds, and uh, they, um, they they actually rose to the top and um, qualified by beating some of the better teams. You know, same thing happened with Costa Rica in the last, uh, where they not only got out of their group when they weren't expected to, they actually advanced into the round of 16, which was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, one of the things that's really interesting too is sometimes it only takes one win to get out of the group stages. As, as weird as that sounds, because you can have two teams that lose, lose, and draw, and draw, and they've got a total of two points between them. And one win sometimes can get you through, and that's where that goal differential can really start to kick in. Which, any other thoughts on Group A? Well, just uh, your group differential, um, what you were saying, uh, that just made me think of the Euro Cup in 2016 where uh, Portugal, yes. uh, they, they never won a game over 90 minutes. And that really bothered me. But, <laughs> but, That's a little uh, different where third place teams got out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they was, uh, yeah, the best Weird third place yeah, team, yeah. so that that's why they advanced. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always take uh, superstar performance after superstar performance. In that, in that first round, it's really about surviving and advancing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've got uh, I've got Uruguay and Russia going through. Anybody else have anything different on that? Anything well, else? I think everyone's got Uruguay going through, but um, I'm, I've got I'm Egypt. Egypt. I'm going to go with Egypt. Yep. Yeah, I've got to go with Egypt because I don't think Russia has a terribly strong squad. I don't. I haven't been impressed <laughs> in the matches I've watched them play with their back line, which is why I think that they may be stronger as a team than Egypt is, but I think that. Egypt's not just solid. They've got two or three de decent attacking pieces, and I, I could easily and, you see know, you, you Egypt can't look scoring a couple of goals against a weak. Egypt weak are the uh, African Cup of Nations champions, and they are they they've won it more times out of any um, African country. And, Draw a lot of confidence. You know, so you know they they their confidence is higher because <laughs> they've won their confederations championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so solid points on all that. I'm I'm, I'm still sticking with Russia. And the reason I, I have to is the is the home field advantage. Right, exactly. Is the home field advantage. We've even seen like where it, you know nations have come out from. Remember Korea when they was South Korea? Yeah, they were well, there was some oh, match fixing. Oh. Well, wait a minute. Now we're in Russia. No, there right. would be. There would never be any tampering. Never. They they don't believe yeah. in that there. I think just to kind of put a bow on this, we look back. I know me and Joseph were talking about uh, Germany 2006. Germany, you know, they're super strong squad this year, but back then they were not the top team that they are now. There was a lot of uh, motivation uh, by the home crowd to kind of drag them. Uh, they've ultimately finished third in the World Cup. But I think you cannot discount that kind of home field advantage. And if there is some pressure, I'm sure some, uh, uh, you know, Russia's been, you know, caught doping in the Olympics. Um, there's been some accusations all about them for this World Cup. Uh, not, to, not to say anything. They, there, but, they uh, play strictly by the rules in Russia. Of course. In all things. Yes. <laughs> and Mother Russia match fixes you. 
So, <laughs> so if, any are, uh, if any of you all like uh, betting on ponies and long shots, the one we nobody's even talked about going through Saudi Arabia. Depending on which betting service you're looking at, Patrick, did you have Saudi Arabia? Yeah, but that's how you know that I don't know anything. No, it's beautiful because you should put a few few dollars on it because shekels. Scott has them at two thousand to one to win the world. Yeah, I might have. So, oh, I mean, compared to. I wonder what they have them just to advance. Uh, uh, that's a different city. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was that was Leicester City in the Premier League. Yeah. Just, that's two seasons ago. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, so let's move on to Group B. Um, we've got. In Group B, we've got Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. We basically, in my opinion, can label this just the Iberian Peninsula. Right. Uh, around. Two heavy favorites. Heavy yeah. favorites in Spain and Portugal. And unfortunately, I, I don't give Morocco or Iran any hope of getting out of that group. Um, you know, Spain and Portugal are going to have some pretty bad matches if they don't come out of that group. And that's so, where a bunch and, of your superstars are, right there. Yeah. Um, you know, because you got Cristiano Ronaldo, he's playing for Portugal, and um, you know, the uh, the Spanish squad is just lined up with well, two Taekwondo guys like yeah. Sergio Ramos. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Really yeah. Good. As they get to the mat, they're really good. Yeah. So. Well, Spain's not only a favorite to come out of this group; they are uh, a betting line. Uh, Third favorite to win right. the whole win the whole thing behind Brazil, Germany. Correct. And uh, this is a really good team. Some of it, some of the core pieces are a little longer in the tooth than they've been in uh, the more recent European and world competitions, but they know how to play. They they run a very specific system. They're all comfortable and familiar with one another. It's a really yeah. it's a really they good team. They get hand goal, one of the best keepers in the world. I think it makes a huge difference. Going off of what you said in the last group, I think it's going to come down to goal differential. Uh, seeing if Portugal and Spain draw, which I think mm. a lot of people would And, think. you know, if there's one match in that group that you have to watch, if you're at work, put your DVR on, because, I, you know, Portugal and Spain, that's mouthwatering right that's, there. That's a final that, eight, that's a last yeah. eight kind of match. You know, that's a, yeah, that's a kind of um, USA playing Canada kind of deal. Woo! <laughs> so, just the yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to go down to how bad, badly the other teams beat Morocco and, and Iran. I agree. I think Iran's going to show a little more heart in this than Morocco. I wouldn't be shocked to see Iran pull off a, uh, a draw. I watched Morocco play. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's not a stunning display of athleticism. Uh, they, I mean, it's a very good team, and clearly they made the, they qualified for the World Cup. There's no sneezing at that, regardless of who you are. But it was it was not a team that impressed watching. I'll, I'll be surprised if they can they can steal a point from anybody. The 2026 World Cup has. Uh, did, was that officially announced? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Kevin's breaking news here yeah. on the podcast today. Does anyone have anybody other than Portugal or Spain moving through? Nope. Anybody? I don't. Patrick, you got Iran going through? No, Portugal. <laughs> Somehow I think the right one. How do you not top in the group? You know, I don't. I don't I, well, it's all going to come down to the first through the opening match is Portugal versus Spain. Right. That's going to catch would, up. For I would season. not be surprised to see them both just be fine with just a draw and don't get hurt. Yeah. Because exactly. they both know they're going through. Right. Um, more than likely, I mean. But but I got to uh, remind remind us of uh, last World Cup when uh, the Netherlands and Spain were in, uh, in a group and uh, Spain actually scored the leading goal 
and then uh, Robin Van Persie with a beautiful, oh, beautiful header. header. Diving header. Uh, he, he leveled it, and then they beat him, I think, 4-5-1. Oh, yeah, was, and, I think it was 5-1. And, and, and Spain was out uh, after the group stages. Um, but before, you know, they they were both, they were actually the, the reigning champion in yes, that time, right, too. Yeah, 2010 holders. They're not going to let that happen. So. Now, before, <laughs> before we started this podcast, I studied the bracket, how it plays out, and it looks like from each group, a one seed will play a two seed from yes. another group. Right. So, is that incentive enough for Portugal and Spain to attempt to, to, to win the match between themselves so that they get seeded a one seed and not a two seed when you go into bracket? Play? I don't think it is in this particular instance. It can be. I don't think it is in this particular instance because I don't think either one of them is scared of Uruguay. And Uruguay is the most likely one seed to come out of the A bracket. I doubt that either Portugal or Spain is going, oh, please, just let me avoid Uruguay. Although there is an advantage to play in Egypt or Russia just because even if they don't think they'll lose to Uruguay, they definitely they know they're not going to lose to one of those two teams. Okay. So maybe, but also it depends on how the groups play out. So you can go into it thinking, well, we might want to be the two seed to avoid so-and-so. And then the, brack, the the group stages don't fall out that way, and you've wasted your effort thinking about it. Mostly it's just go out and win your games right. when you can. But I like how Lance is already looking for uh, tactical advantages. He's <laughs> <laughs> just with Joe Lenardi bracketology. Right I love it. I love it. All right, so I think let's move on to Group C. We all feel like that was just kind of a route. In chalk. Group B. Yeah, just and chalk. And yeah, chalk in my field. opinion, Group C, it, it's a crapshoot. Um, other than the France going through, um, I think they're going to walk this group. Um, you know, it, it's way up in the air with uh, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. You know, because I, I, I feel they've always Australia has always played a decent World Cup in the last. They play like know, they, better than their players collectively. Their uh, yeah. sum is greater than the whole. Yeah, they're a good team. I, I think I, I got Australia um, down to advance, so yeah. I believe that. So my pick for that group is I've got France and Denmark advancing. And that's the way the bookies go with it as well as France and Denmark. Yeah. France is definitely going to be the heavy, heavy favorite. Probably the most heavy favorite to win a group, I think. Um, Peru, I think, is one to watch out for. Uh, Peru has pace, uh, and they can cause some problems. And if they can easily, you know, if they clip Australia in a game they should win, all they have to do is take points off Denmark, and they're through. And they've got Guerrero back now, which is a big story as of the, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Swiss uh, Supreme Court ruled that uh, Paulo Guerrero is legal to play. He'd been suspended on a doping ban, um, but he is going to be active for this World Cup, which is. A huge boost to their confidence. There's free decor. He's kind of their main man, the former Bayern player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's gonna their plays are going to fall now. Him, yeah. um, and also with Peru, I really like their midfield. Their midfield, and this is this is my fallback on all World Cup decision making, is all things being equal, almost everybody's got somebody who can score goals. Almost everybody's got a keeper who is average to above average to amazing. What's, who's going to control the ball? Who's going to control the pace? And it's like Kenny was saying, they've got a lot of pace with Peru. Uh, I know that uh, a couple of guys from MLS play on that team. They've got an Orlando City player, and they have got a Portland Timbers player who both are legit world-class soccer players that are going to see real minutes in this particular, in, in this particular match. 
uh, World Cup, and both of them have got a lot of pace. I remember watching and thinking that I was impressed with the way uh, Portland Timbers midfield played, and I think uh, yes. And I think that uh, the same will hold true with Peru. I've got Peru going through mostly because I don't believe in Denmark. Australia, <laughs> maybe, but I don't believe in Denmark. So, like when you say you don't believe in Denmark, that Denmark actually exists as a nation, <laughs> or that you don't believe in a team that well? I've never heard of it. Oh. Until <laughs> right now. I was unaware that it was a country. <laughs> I think they've got like Casper Dolberg and Christian Eriksen in midfield. I think those are two guys that can pull the strings. Um, and. Like I was saying, or like uh, so Evan was saying, midfield is kind of where it happens. I think those are two really above-average players that are going to make a difference. Christian Eriksen's fun to watch, and he's he a special creative force. I do like a team that can field somebody I mean, that just, can make something out of nothing, and Christian Eriksen is one of the 15 guys I mean, in this tournament that you believe can just go score a goal. I remember wants. watching them play Ireland in that playoff uh, to get into the World Cup, and they just destroyed Ireland. You can't discount the fact too, because I'm I'm looking at the Denmark squad right here, and their number one goalkeeper is Kasper Michael from from Leicester City. And a safe pair of hands back there, and um, most of the squad um, play for Ajax, Feyenoord, um, they play for Huddersfield Town, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. I I think you've talked Patrick into Denmark. Yeah. Patrick, where do you follow this? Uh, I got Pearl Australia. Peru, Australia. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would be fun. Man, the French, the French are going home. I like it, man. The Peru's are going nuts. The French are going home. Brand, what do you got? I have Denmark and France. Oh, wow. We got a lot of Dane love in here. Yeah. Lance, where are you I, at, buddy? I went with France and Denmark. So I, I just, uh, I don't think Peru's is, is just from uh the very tiny bit that I paid attention in earlier group play, I just don't see them uh, as being there. I like Denmark uh, as a European country and and uh, Australia. I don't know, man. I don't. I just I think of them and Australian rules football with the one arm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I can really think about. Maybe they can do it. I don't know. But I went with France and Denmark. Nice technical break. And you know, the other thing that sways it for me too is. Hey, it's, let's go ahead. Sorry, historically. Guys. Um, South American countries don't do well in a World Cup in Europe, but Peru trains at altitude, so these guys <laughs> are these guys' lungs are like iron shape. Exactly, and this isn't really in Europe because Russia doesn't belong to a single. <laughs> Russia's its own thing. This is not yeah. like playing in you know San Siro. This is an entirely different experience. I heard Russia explained as an enigma wrapped inside a mystery. (laughs) I've heard never start a land war in winter there. I've heard never march on Moscow. We've heard a lot of stuff about Russia. I don't know who see what applies. All right, so let's uh, let's keep it moving. So uh, this, I love this next group. This is one of my favorite groups. Great group. I'm going to watch every one of these matches. So uh, this group contains Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Wow. I mean, this is just one you could tell a story with every single one of these matches. Mm. Even, and this is one I think really for for you all that are listening to the casual fans, Iceland is a story that's been such a great story over the last six years. I mean, we got the Viking clap. I mean, you look like a Viking clap, right? right? FCC loves it. (laughs) (laughs) We all love it. Um, You know, it's a 320,000 inhabitants. Like, does that include animals? (laughs) <laughs> no, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, so we've got that, and then we've got Argentina. You know, when the perennial powers, it always seems to struggle once it gets to the World Cup. Croatia loaded with talent, 
and Nigeria just always seems to stick around once it starts getting more yeah. time. So again, this this is another this group that it's basically it's a, a crapshoot. I've got Argentina going through, um, but any one of the other three teams mm-hmm. can make it. You know, because Nigeria are no slouches. A lot of their, their, their players play in the Premiership and up in Europe. Um, Croatia, most of their players play all over Europe. And Iceland, they, they, what they got to lose? You know, basically, they're the ones that knocked out the United States. You know, a, a country that's minuscule, and their team went and, um, you know, put it on, the, on the United States. You know, it's, you know it's, it's one of those... They uh, knocked out England teams. in the Euros, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, I know. think, you know, this is wide open. Even I think Argentina is a team that could fall flat on their face and they might not even make it out with the kind of class that are playing. And it's kind of a dichotomy, Iceland. Uh, there's not a lot of big names. Of course, there's Gilfie Sigurdsson um, that plays for Everton in the Premier League. But I think they are kind of the squad that, you know, they've got nothing to lose. They're going to go out and play. I think for Croatia, this is kind of their swan song. This is the last kind of showing for a lot of their guys like Perisic, Rizukic, Rakitic, um, a lot of guys that are kind of, you know, nearing the end of their prime. So this is kind of their last showing on the world stage. Then Nigeria, the Super Eagles, they, like uh, Scout said, plenty of guys that play in the Premier League, lots of talent. Alex Iwobi um, uh, plays for Arsenal. It's going to be very exciting. So I think Argentina, coming rounding it out, is a team that could disappoint. They've got plenty of forwards, you know, that they could, uh, you know, wheel out there, Messi, Dybala, Higuain, Aguero, um, but you know they also lost their main goalie. And uh, uh, someone tell remind me um, that goalie that played for them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. That one. Uh, so uh, I think you know there's a there's a lot at stake you know for each and every game, and I would not be surprised to see Argentina come out. I think Croatia is going to ultimately win it. I basically agree. I think that Argentina is in danger. Uh, I do think that. Croatia is really good. I think Sergio that, Romero, by the way. Sergio Romero. I think that I think that Croatia is going to be really tough to beat. I, I love. This is going to be a recurring theme. I love their midfield. I'm sorry, Modric and Rakitic are as good of a pair as you're going to find. Uh, you put uh, uh, Mandzukic up top, and it's a really. Yeah. And really, name your own itch, but they are—they're <laughs> really—they're really good. And it's this is a great a, band name, by the way. Name your own itch. Yeah. I called it. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be—it's gonna be a really fun team to watch. They're gonna control the ball against everybody they play. They are going to be creative, but cautiously creative. I, I really think that their style of play is gonna frustrate some other teams, and I think they come out on top of this group over Argentina. I think Argentina struggles to uh, to qualify, has to get a nice result again. I mean, like a big time result against an Iceland or a Nigeria. I struggled between Croatia and Argentina, okay. but I picked Argentina because I'm a Messi fan. It's hard not. And to I be. just can't help it. He right. was, you know, one of the players that brought me kind of in, over to Europe and got me interested in in football over there. So I had to put Argentina and I'm picking Iceland as like my, you know. Upset. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see Iceland. I just, uh, they're a cool story. I want to see them do something cool. It's a Cinderella story. It's yeah. A it's, it's, yeah, it's a Cinderella story with them every time they get on the pitch, really. Right. And you know, that's basically, they've got nothing <laughs> to lose. Just go out, show a little bit of heart and take it to the teams that, that you're playing. And the chances are, you know, they could come out on top. I think it's important yeah. for them, though, if they're going to do well, to not kind of just, you know, be happy and taking part. they got to go out and grab each game by a scruff of the night because 
I mean, a lot of people are believing them. They're going to be a lot of people's dark horse to make it out of the group stage. You know, I've bought an Iceland jersey. I'm wearing it right now. Uh, and, like, and like you said, you know, they're good enough. They, they knocked they They're good off. enough, yeah. They've got the quality and you they've know? got, like, that team, the teamwork. Um, I know it's an interesting case study a couple years ago. The Iceland FA kind of overhauled their whole youth program, and now it's really starting to pay dividends with guys, you know, playing all over Europe. Um, and now this is kind of, you know, their first – this is obviously their first World Cup, but, you know, they were in Europe in 2016, so this is their first major World Cup tournament to uh, go out and show how good they can play. I think this is a great point, too, for, once again, the casual listener that's hearing this right now. I want to restate something that Kevin said. 320,000 right. people in Iceland. Right, yeah. Now think about that. That's the east side of Jefferson County in Louisville. Is 320,000 people. This and is you take out the sheep out of there, and you get down to like 50,000. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you think about that. That's going against you know teams that are the largest country nations in the world. You've got Russia. You've got Brazil. They, Iceland wouldn't even. They could fit an apartment building in Brazil. For <laughs> really, they could. Not even in Rio. It's like Manaus. <laughs> Down by like the equator or something like that. Yeah, it is the smallest country to ever compete in the right. World Cup. Right. TNT I, in 2006 was the I just hope Liechtenstein gets in with a population of like nine or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ask Luxembourg. There you, go. there you go. Any other thoughts on this? Patrick, who you got going through? Uh, I got Nigeria. Nice one. Nigerian. Just don't don't discount any of the African teams. I wouldn't be surprised with any of these four teams. You, yeah. you, you know, better play some bits because I feel like you, you might. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, don't discount any African nations because um, the one thing the African nations have got over everybody else is once you're um, you're done running and you're winded, the African players they're still running. Mm-hmm. They will run you down. Same you with know? the Asians. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, they just keep running and running, and they keep coming countries. at you. You know, um, you know. So don't discount any of the African nations, because uh, one of these days you're going to find one of these African nations, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, in the World Cup final. I've got Argentina and Croatia going through. Argentina basically just on class. Croatia just because I think they're that good. Um, Lance, who do you have? I had Argentina and Croatia, and again, it's just a gut feel. Yeah. I don't pay that much, that close attention. But what I, the, the, what I am aware of, those are the two teams that stand out to me in this group. Right. And it's just, again, a Even though thing. Kevin Kernan is wearing an Iceland jersey. <laughs> at, at, well, that's part of the reason. I'm going opposite direction of Kevin on this one. So, Kevin, how many uh, jerseys do you actually own? Right. I, I've seen you in a Liverpool oh, jersey. I've seen you in an Arsenal one. I've seen you in that one. I've seen you in a Liverpool City one. I've got I, – I, I don't have a running total, but I've probably got about 35 kits different jerseys okay. and that's that I've got one from the seventh division of English football I've got three different Borussia Dortmund ones okay. I've got a couple customized ones so is that Merthyr Tidville or something in the, 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 uh, no it's Westfields FC okay. remember they made the FA Cup proper a couple years ago yeah. made some noise so I had to pick up a jersey just a random one that I know no one else would have yeah. although me uh, White Weeks and Patrick Blanton all decided to buy one <laughs> so uh, we're probably the only people in the US with which one <laughs> That's fantastic. And Evan, uh, lastly, who did you have going through on this one? I got Croatia to win in the group and uh, Argentina squeaking by. Okay. On to Group E, uh, another massive group right here with a lot of quality all over the pitch. Group E is Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, the Ticos from the CONCACAF region, uh, and Serbia. And when I say CONCACAF region, for those, again, that don't watch much, the United States is in the CONCACAF region, which includes North America. 
and uh, Central America, basically. What does CONCAST stand for? Uh, Confederation of Nations, Countries. Joe Kevin's going to tell us in about two seconds. <laughs> oh, what? I, Confederations of North America, nope. said Caribbean, and in. Caribbean? Americas? Caribbean, yeah, something like that, I don't know. And Friends or something? And Friends. Let's just break it down. Con means, uh, you know, against. <laughs> CA means California. CAF is probably short for caffeine, so it's Californians against caffeine. That would make sense. Right. That would make sense. Let's go with that. All right, so uh, big group. You got one of the favorites, obviously, odds on favorite, actually, Brazil, coming out of this group, uh, with Serbia, Switzerland, and Costa Rica. And as far as one of the least favorites in the Ticos in the fourth spot, as far as where the, uh, the bookies have it, out. They can do some noise, the, the Ticos can, and they, they tend to rise to the occasion when it comes to tournament play. So. And again, you know, the, this, this is going to be a really tight group because, I, you know, I've got Brazil going through. It's a, that's an automatic. Brazil are going to go through. But uh, between Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia, any one of those teams on the day can go through. Um, so it's, it's basically who's going to show up and um, show the medal at the, the, uh, the World Cup finals and, um, you know, Again, it's a, it's a bit of a crapshoot. I don't which one of those three teams is going to go through. Personally, I've got myself. I think uh, Switzerland have done um, really well over the last few years, and I've got Switzerland going through. But um, you know, Serbia they've got a strong squad too, because most of their players play all the way through Europe and um, and in the Premier League. Got Kolarov, Tadic, Mitrovic, all guys make their name in England. Um, not too many guys jumping off the page from Costa Rica. I think Switzerland, they had a pretty easy ultimate route to the World Cup because they had a playoff against Northern Ireland, so they were a little fortunate that way. Um, I think everybody will have Brazil. You know, they're always, you know, perennial powerhouses in the World Cup. Um, what Do they, they have anybody we might have heard of on the team, Kevin? Uh, searching, racking my mind. I can't think of anybody. Yeah, okay. In the, uh the squads right now, but... Uh, Never heard of any of them, right? Yeah. Costa Rica? I mean, Kalo Navas. Yeah, he's the one guy who really... Or um, Costa Rica. There's, goalie, they have a couple guys in MLS. Cristiano Bolaños, doesn't he still play for them? I believe Bolaños still plays for them. He plays well, and then Joel Campbell, of course, on loan in Spain from Arsenal. He's another guy that people might have heard of. Other than that, you know, they only named three forwards. Uh, Marco Reina from LAFC, somebody who's actually had a really nice season. Right. Uh, seeing as how he plays with uh, Lou City graduate Mark Anthony mm -hmm. K, I've caught a couple of LAFC games this year, and your aim has been impressive to me. But again, you got to question MLS. the you got to question the the context, and the context is not great. I personally am a big fan of Granit Xhaka. I don't know oh, why, yeah, yeah. but I. I my son plays a lot of FIFA, and I watch him playing on there, and, you know, I kind of see a lot of players just from that, and so I start, you know, looking them up and watching them play from that. It's got a rocket for a low foot. Right, it so I, I picked Brazil and Switzerland. I'm kind of, I'm kind of wanting to see Switzerland go through. It's yeah. interesting you say it about FIFA, because I see, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't watch my kids play FIFA or whatever, they, I know they do, but uh, I've heard a lot of people say and seen a lot of people tweet how much FIFA influenced their soccer fandom. Right. And it's pretty fascinating. It's huge. And I don't know that that happens in any other sports. Maybe it does. I don't know. But 
but certainly it's been an introduction to a lot of our youth that are aware of players and teams just because of what you said. Right. Just that you and brought the, that uh, up, and I find yeah. it just very interesting. And it, it's, it's funny you should say team. that too, is because uh, during the World Cup, um, um, one of the owners of Molly Malone's that were here today, he was uh, talking about trying to get some um, Xboxes in here so that we can have our own um, World Cup tournament right here at Molly Malone's. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, but to watch on Scouser's house um, on the website and, um, you know, pay attention because uh, that may very well happen right here at Molly's. We've had a change of jersey from Kevin. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. From, oh, no, he's got the Brazil one out. <laughs> from Kevin Kit Kernan, right. who uh, is rocking now a uh, Neymar Jr. Uh, we were wondering Brazil. if we had any names. I think Neymar is one that yeah. people might have heard of. He's a big player over in Europe. You might have. And I had a weight kit if I might want to, too. <laughs> Thank goodness. I know that also uh, we have a number of uh, Liverpool fans amongst us, and uh, they will all be pleased to see Bobby Firmino right. suiting yep. up for the boys, although how much playing time he right. gets will be he was only curious. Yeah. Number 20 kit number, which would lead you to believe he's not going to feature in the starting 11 a lot. Although he did just score a goal in their uh, warm-up friendly. And, so. yeah, and again, that was at Anfield. I think that was uh, done on purpose because okay. they were playing Croatia at Anfield, yeah. and him and... Um, Dejan Lovren are best friends, and I guess they brokered that to, uh, to you know, to get it at Anfield. But you can't get away from the fact that when um, Firmino and Coutinho were at Anfield, look how well they played together. Right. You know, and if um, Brazil don't use that, then you know, more fool them. And I think they will use that during the World Cup. And yet. If you are uh, looking at a list of Brazilian uh, strikers, it's tough to make that front line when it's mm -hmm. between Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, Costa, Firmino, and uh, Taysan. Those are really nice strikers, and that's assuming they don't just play a false nine behind uh, Neymar, and then they have got choices like Coutinho and Fred and Casemiro. It's going to be difficult for uh, Firmino to see the field, but that's because, man, but they're let's some face really it, nice players. Compared with the hang-up they had in Brazil. That's true. Well, if something we haven't really brought up is the frequency which teams are playing. They're playing every four or five days, which is a little bit longer than some people might, than some players might experience in their club season. So you will see a little bit more rotation, at least a lot more substitutions, I think, used than you would normally expect from a club season. Um, playing every five days, players might get uh, heavy legs you know, by that second or third game. So the 23-man rosters, which what every team plays for, is going to be important in, in terms of depth. I agree. So, Jonas, you've got uh, two teams in this group. I want to touch to you for just a second. Yes. Switzerland and Serbia being uh, obvious competitors to Germany quite often. What are your take on, on these two nations? Well, um, Switzerland has uh, done fairly well recently, but I'm actually going for uh, with Brazil and Costa Rica. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland was my gut feeling, but... I kind of feel a little surprised coming here, and and last World Cup they uh, Costa Rica was doing really well, um, and so yeah Switzerland like we, we already talked about like um, Granny Chaka um, and I mean they they have they have plenty of great players, but uh, I don't know I I just. 
On straight she talent, ball coming here. On know. straight talent, you would say Switzerland's probably the second best team in this group, but that's not what it boils down to in the World Cup. I'm riding the hot. I'm, I'm riding Kaylor Navas getting hot again right. in Costa Rica, getting a couple of draws or a shutout of a team that should have scored on them, and that pushing them through. I think yep. that you're going to end up yep. seeing. I agree with Jonas. I'm going with Brazil and Costa Rica. Go Ticos. Mm-hmm. I'm going Brazil and Serbia. I'm right there with you. Yep. Patrick, where you at, buddy? Uh, Brazil, Costa Rica, actually. So we're all in kind of agreement. Brazil going through. Do we have any Switzerlands? Two. So and now we're gonna let Lance break the tie here. Serbia, Brazil, and Serbia. <laughs> Serbia. Okay. All, right. All right. So Brazil and Serbia move on by the consensus, not by the not by the bookies' bets. So. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Group F. Uh, fantastic group right here. Wow, what a group. Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and the Korea Republic or South Korea, however you would like to pronounce it. Jonas, kick us off, buddy. Well. Um, of course, uh, I'm I'm hoping that they uh, they'll do it again, but um, the the recent history of um, the reigning champions, like I already men- mentioned, uh, last World Cup, Spain was the reigning champion, and they they didn't make it through the um, group stages. And the same the the prior World World Cup to that was uh, Italy when uh, they they won it in 2006 and didn't make it through the group stri- out of the group stages in 2010. So it's always kind of I don't know if it's just the pressure or what it is, but I don't know. Germany's never like since 2002 they've always made it at least to the semifinals. So of course, uh, I mean. Yeah, I, I think that they'll they'll make it no problem. Mexico, yeah, I got Mexico going through as well. Sweden and South Korea, I mean, they they could both. They're good for a surprise, but I, I see Mexico as strong enough to uh, to make it through there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Develop some key players uh, between Sweden and Korea. Of course, Hyunmin Son for Tottenham is going to be kind of where Korea's play goes through. And Sweden is a team, uh, the only team that has no players that play in their uh, domestic league is kind of an interesting note. Um, I think everybody sees Germany walking through this group. They might experience a couple bumps in the road, but I don't see them coming in any less than first. Um, Then it's going to be kind of down to, you know, Mexico, Sweden, and Korea. You can kind of take your pick there. I think Mexico ultimately has the talent. You know, they got the athleticism. You know, we've seen plenty of them being in America, um, and I think Mexico is the team who ultimately finishes second in this group. I have Germany and Mexico also. <laughs> um, I have weird reasonings for a lot of mine. <laughs> all those work. We'll take all of it. I have, you know, because I do watch everything, but uh, sometimes I just base it on. Because I lived in Mexico for a while, so I have like a soft spot for Mexico. Um, and then my family is of German descent, very, very strong German descent. So that was really the main reason why I picked Germany and Mexico, even though, you know, I know they have Germany obviously has the talent and has the ability to, uh, you know, they're the, the favorites. But I'd like to see Mexico do well. Um, I'd like to see like a, a, I don't know, a North American team do something. <laughs> right, right. And Germany, by the way, just left off Lero Sané. Many of you all know from Manchester City, one of the best wingers right. in the Premier League. Actually, one of the best wingers in all of Europe. 
So that just shows you the depth that they have in Germany. I mean, just to try to crack that midfield, I mean, you've got a midfield that they could go 12 deep in that midfield, and you would not be surprised with anybody starting right. in that midfield at all. They would all be quality. If you look at Sweden, I'm just kind of looking at the roster here. You're not going to recognize, you know, too many names. Emil Forsberg is, is really the one guy. Yeah, Lindelof. Um, Red, uh, Red Bull Leipzig, you know, where um, Forsberg plays. Um, so there's not too many names. Um, I think, well, they are obviously the team that knocked out Italy. Uh, Italy, a big missing piece to this World Cup that I think we're going to bring up later. Um, so, you know, they can do it. You know, they've played against Italy, which, you know, there are some questions on their end. Um, so some optimism maybe come from the Swedes. Um, of course, Laton not <laughs> making his return that he tipped, uh, potentially making coming back into the side. But, you know, not too much quality. I, I wonder, though, if now that Zlatan is gone, that they become more of a team because right. they actually uh, qualified without Zlatan. Right. Uh, so I, I believe they, they can grow together as a team a little better without him. So we'll see. I agree. I think they needed to get rid of a little bit of lion's blood. And <laughs> so they uh, are going to go without Zlatan. I like, I like Sweden. I, I think that uh, that was a team that plays with a lot of cohesion. And yeah, for many years Sweden have been uh, England's nemesis. They're they're just a tough team to break down. It's a technically solid team. It's a team that's uh, gonna play four at the back and four midfielders with two of them holding. It's gonna be you got you gotta want it to break Sweden down. And I think that that might frustrate some teams, especially a team that likes to maybe go 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 a little bit. I think that they're gonna frustrate uh, Mexico and Korea's attack. I think they go through with Germany. All right. Patrick. Yeah, I, knew I, had, I knew I had Patrick on my side. Lance, who you got? Uh, Germany, I think like the last group with Brazil, everybody has Brazil going. I think this one, everyone will have Germany, just the pedigree they have. And then uh, Mexico is the team that I went with. But I, you know, sitting here listening, I could easily be talked into Sweden. <laughs> but I went with Mexico as a gut feeling before we started this conversation. Well, you know, just like everybody else, I think Germany are going to walk this group. Um, I think they're going to win every single one of their uh, their games. Um, and then whoever goes to do second, um, it's a toss-up between Mexico and Sweden. You know, uh, And then I'll, they get to lose to Brazil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but my gut feeling is I'm going to go with Mexico because um, I've seen Mexico in uh, their warm-up to the World Cup and who they played and, and how they played. And, and, I, and I can't see them not going through. So I think there's one thing that's kind of an interesting dynamic for the American listeners to the podcast right now. Mexico is obviously the biggest rival to America in um, CONCACAF play, getting the World Cup, whether it's Gold Cup, whatever the case may be. And it's been funny, I've heard a lot of Americans kind of lean towards Mexico that actually didn't live in Mexico, uh, where they was always the most hated rival. Because if America <laughs> was in the World Cup, I believe most people will be pulling against Mexico right. and not putting them through anything. But since they're there, it's almost like my closest enemy is now my friend <laughs> right now. Because there's that's a huge, huge rival. And nobody really has that hatred for Mexico amongst the group like would normally be a really, really avid American. Like if you went to the Outlaws, they'd be like, there's no way we're ever going to pull from Mexico. Right. I guarantee you some of them are silent. Well, that will never happen with FC Cincinnati as long as I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's, I can sort of relate to what you're saying, but I'm never going to pull for Cincinnati. I know the box is really yeah. pulling for Mexico. They're kind of branding for them ratings. as... Yeah, exactly. For you know, they're always like, hey, America's not in it, but there's still a World Cup on this summer. 
Um, so I know yeah. they're at least pulling for you know them to be America's team. Right, right. Isn't it funny that FC Cincinnati has had to move to Major League Soccer to try to get a home win? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So, so, on to. Um, can I just say something yeah, real quick? Uh, I, I just think it's interesting that nobody thought that Korea can make it, but I think that that could be another potential surprise right there. Agreed. Um, because, I mean, South Korea, they might as well beat Mexico and Sweden. I mean, they are very. They are very. Um, uh, Active. The yeah, they're. They just I won't give up. They yeah. won't give up. You know, if uh, if the and other team is already dead, like they they're still on the run. Players they do play in Europe. So so I think South Korea could uh, be good for a surprise here too. So you're gonna put them in, or are you? Just no, no, I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 feel, feel, I, I feel, feel a lot time. about them the way that uh, we felt about. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Saudi Arabia. Den- no, about Denmark. Okay. In that, Son is an equalizer here because he is a guy who can make something out of nothing. Rise above, yeah. Which I'm, I'm really annoyed right now that I've said that about two Tottenham players. But. Uh, oh, you wash your mouth. That was so. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna lose my North London cred. But uh, it's one of those things where. If you all things are equal, sometimes you just need somebody to have a moment of individual brilliance. And Sam's one of the players on this tournament that can do that, who can make something happen and from zero. And uh, that may end up making a difference. And I want I want to mention the previous World Cups real quick because they, we always had some teams that were a little surprising. For example, um, and with individual players that made it great, like uh, I'm thinking about Diego Forlan. Two World Cups ago, and and uh, Rodriguez. James Rodriguez last right. World Cup. I think those two great players just uh, made it for their individual country, and I don't know. It's also a chance for players like that who may be already bona fide stars become worldwide stars. Uh, they, yeah. right. Forlan and Rodriguez, nobody was shocked to and see them be great. They were already great players, great young players. What you got to realize too is. Mo- a lot of all of these players that are going to the World Cup, they're in the shop window. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. You, you get know, two maybe three in your real, I mean, two in your prime, and three if you're lucky. Chances at this apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got the whole world looking at you, and every club all over the world is looking where they're going to get the next World Cup star from, and every player in, in these groups right here, they're in the shop window, wanting to make an impression. I think that's actually it's a great point, Scouts. I think it's actually, and I know there are a lot of people that are Liverpool supporters that listen to this. It'll make sense with what I'm going to say with this. We just signed Fabinho, who is from Brazil, and we signed him for about 40 million. And I think the reason we were able to sign him so quickly is because he was not in the Brazil national squad. Had he been in the Brazil national squad, they probably would have waited mm-hmm. to see if his stock rose to what you're saying mm-hmm. of being in the shop window to where all of a sudden he might be worth 20 million more because of a great World Cup. Yeah, the difference that the transfer on the transfer markets for international clubs is Palpable. enormous. All right, there are so, a lot of guys in for paydays. Absolutely. So on to Group G. Uh, two more groups to go, Group G being the next to last. Um, we'll have a lot of people that will be supporting England out of this, uh, not only just for the expats there, but also because this is such a Premier, premier League ship watching country. Um, outside we probably watch more than they do in England actually oh, because we have more numbers, access to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know that Kevin said earlier that there were only two squads in the tournament that had only domestic league right. players is England the other one England is one I thought Saudi Arabia and England are the two there you go so uh, in this group we have England Belgium Tunisia Panama 
Scouse, go away. Okay. <laughs> the mouth water and tie in this one will be England and Belgium. If you remember that's the open, right? rightly, that's the last game in the group. Um, England play Belgium up last, I believe. Is that I, right? I thought it was the opener. In no, it's not the opener. Because I opener. think uh, um, need to, I think England played Tunisia first. But uh, regardless, England um, for me, um, they they are the one team in the whole of the World Cup are consummate um, underperformers because they have on paper probably one of the most expensive um, if you had to go buy every one of their players they have one of the most expensive squads in the World Cup and in my opinion they're a bunch of prima donnas you know they they um, they're all they don't play as a team they only they, they play as individuals and and let, until they can get over that and start playing as a team they're not going to go anywhere um, even though I've got England and Belgium coming out of this group, um, I'm, I'm thinking it, it, it's going to be really hard for them to get over Belgium because Belgium, th- that squad is loaded with talent. Because um, if you, go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say. I think for a lot of people, you know, just on the whole, people look at Belgium and that's going to be a lot of people's like kind of second tier team, mm-hmm. you know, behind. Uh, teams like Germany and Brazil to make a run. I think a lot of people have them at least advancing to the semis. Just on the whole, you know, you look at their squad talent, um, a lot of guys flying their tray, you know, at the top five leagues uh, in Europe. And like you said, England, um, this is... Yeah, a, just just look at the, at the, the goalkeepers they've got. They've got Courtois from uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. You know, they, they've got... Well, I was going to say Mignolet from Liverpool, but he, he couldn't catch a cold. Um, <laughs> but um, well, they got Castiles from uh, Wolfsburg in Germany. You know, they've got really good goalkeepers. The defense, um, they they got Alderweireld from um, Spurs. They have some company. Yeah, they got uh, company. They have well, uh, Dembele. Like groin injury, he's really. play, he's you know, play. they have a really good squad. And um, well, one of the things though, where I think we get sucked in about both England and Belgium is that Belgium's top flight players all play in the EPL. Right. Whether you're talking about Company, you're talking about uh, uh, Fellaini, you're talking about De Bruyne, you're talking about Lukaku, you're talking about uh, a lot of players coming from, and uh, like you said with T- uh, Courtois, these are England EPL players, all of them. And all of England's players are EPL. And so I think it might, some of it is proximity blind blinders. We're used to watching EPL. And so we know those names, and they're all stars in the EPL. But it's one of those things where then when you take a step back and you go, the EPL is probably not the yeah. top league. How good are they? And even if it is the top league, it doesn't maybe have the top teams. And you see a German team loaded with Bayern Munich players and not many guys you watch every week in the EPL. What, you mean the German national team? Right. You see a, <laughs> And you see a uh, Spain team loaded with players from Real Madrid and Barcelona and teams that don't play in the EPL and that you don't necessarily see every week if you're an EPL fan. I think it's easy to get blinded by Belgium right. and England because of proximity. Mm-hmm. As American soccer fans, we get a lot of EPL, and that means we see these guys play a lot. Yeah. And they're all really good in that league. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see how both of these teams stack up once they get out. And I do expect both of these teams to get out of the group. Yeah, I was going to say, who do you expect to win? And, and I believe, um, if I'm, am I right, England and Belgium is the, the, the last It is, yeah. yeah. Showed me. So um, that game... Could be the decider. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who probably, goes in and who goes out? I think it probably decides who plays it's one and two. plays two. Yeah. yeah, but the way England have stacked up in recent years, you know, England don't have a goalkeeper. You know, they've got Butland and... Pickford. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, and they really don't have a great goalkeeper. I can't believe they didn't dust off Joe Hart. Oh, man. At least man, for a leadership role. I'm surprised. So he's so disappointed. Yeah, exactly. As a mascot, you know, be you know, be considered yeah. you know, the third third goalie just to go in there, and, you know, but, dip the lads. You know, until kind of England start um, playing as a team rather than um, eleven individuals on the pitch, they're not going to go anywhere. And uh, I've got them going out of the group, but How much any further, further, much more than that, I can't see them go much more further than but, that. But um, England and Belgium, uh, Panama and Tunisia. Um, Panama is just there as a tourist. I don't know why. This is their first World Cup appearance. I kind of would like to see them, you know, <laughs> do something because it's their first World uh, like Iceland. I'm kind of like, yay, underdog. But um, I do have England and Belgium going through. But I, I think it'd be cool to see Panama do something too. It'd be interesting. I think they're just there to, you know, make up the numbers. They're, just, yeah. they're not gonna. They might. It'll be inter- interesting to see them play each other, them. but I don't see them taking a point off of either England or Belgium. Does anybody else have anything different other than England and Belgium? I do. Go ahead, Lance. Okay. All right. England is going to be uh, who I put all of my hopes and dreams behind for this World Cup. <laughs> now that the U.S., of course, team has been disqualified and I've gotten to, to, to follow a little bit, my, my whole origin comes from that, you know, U.K. area, Ireland, Scotland, and England, all sides of my family. Oh, my mom a little German, but uh, so, and then my good friend Scouse here uh, is kind of gotten me to, to really have a heart for Liverpool uh, going there uh, a little bit <laughs> and, then, and, and then and then England of course just just because of Scouts but I I do have uh, knowing that this is their first World Cup ever uh, and I do want to see a Cinderella story and mine's not Iceland like most of the world's gonna be pulling for mine's gonna be Panama and so I have Panama going through in this one I think that uh, I, I just see them as having that magic and I just feel it and I think that's where they're going to make it through. I don't think they'll go very far when they get to the knockout round but I do see them going through this round and And it's going to be a magical story. That's where a lot of um, the more established teams that they they become they come a cropper because they take for granted that oh man we're going to play Panama and we're going to play them off the pitch we're going to score 10 goals against them and then they get beaten. Panama's coming out there with every fiber of of heart and soul that they yeah, have. They got nothing to lose. Right. Right. It's, will it be them, you know, just having to take part, or will they come out with fire in their bellies, and that'll be kind of what, you know, decides the results of some of these games that could end up making a difference. Yeah. And then Tunisia, I really don't know that much about the squad. Um, They're not but, a place for them. Yeah, and, um, and I'll guarantee you, if they don't do the homework in England and Belgium, they beco- could become a cropper to either one of those two teams. Tunisia, um, just want to throw that out there real quick. Um, Sami Khedira, who played, who is a German national, uh, is half Tunisian, and actually they they try to um, get his brother to uh, adopt the uh, Tunisian citizenship for the World Cup. So uh, I think it's always interesting when when Does he some, play for like Duisburg or somebody. Yeah, he no, he plays for Leipzig, I think, or or maybe not anymore. He did last season. I mean, he may not. This season, actually. But um, I think it's always interesting when uh, some underdogs are trying to, you know, um, get some players to uh, go back two or three generations. 
So yeah, I joined so, the so team. Put, that's, a, that's a great point. And to put a little bit more context there again for the casual listener, uh, I'll try to do my best with this. But basically, if you have heritage within a few generations back of any nation, you have the choice to play for that nation. But once you play for that nation one time, you're all in. You put all your eggs in your basket, right. and you can't turn For the 18, though. That's the, right. Yeah, the, that's top, right. the senior team. That's yeah. right. That's right. Once you go to the senior team. So, so there's sometimes, like even with Christian Pulisic, who is the next great American hope in, in soccer, he comes from, is it Croatia? Croatia, yeah. Croatia. And that's what, interestingly enough, is what uh, allowed him to play in Europe because he held a Croatian passport because I believe his like grandmother was Croatian. Um, a lot of Americans, you know, you have to be 18 to go over there. He could go over there when he was 16, which did a lot for his yeah. uh, development. And, and another joke is that, uh, especially with a, a lot of the smaller nations, if your grandma was pregnant as she flew over, um, <laughs> that, that small nation, you qualified to play for, uh, you know, they, they, they said that about Ireland. If, you, if your mom was pregnant when she flew across Ireland, you're in the team. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about Jerome Boateng. Yeah. <laughs> last year was an interesting, or not last year, last Euros, there was an interesting storyline that Xhaka brothers, uh, there was Granite, and then I forget his brother's name. Um, Jaka. One was Albanian, played for the Albanian mm-hmm. team, and then one was uh, played for the Swiss team. Their brothers, they were born in Albania and then emigrated to Switzerland, and so one played for the Swiss team, he was good enough. Right, one exactly. Played for the Albanian the team. Right. Uh, so, uh, interesting little tidbit there. All right, so to root, wrap up uh, Group G here. Has anybody got anything other than Belgium and England? Right, yeah. Oh, well, oh, yeah. everybody's one, too. Yeah. I say Belgium goes through over England. I agree. So, um, we're going to be moving into our last group stage. I've got a lot of, I've got some really interesting dialogue for Belgium. But the point of this podcast is to get us through the group stages because I want the people that listen to this podcast to focus on and enjoy these group stages. Uh, we will host another podcast. And by the way, Kevin just switched into another kid. Golly, this kid's gonna pass out. <laughs> it's uh, Andres. It's an Andres Escobar Colombia jersey. Uh, unfortunate story of Andres Escobar played in My the 94 World Cup in the U.S. They lost to the U.S. I believe Ryan saying in the group stage. Didn't they advance. Did. They were like number three in the world, yeah. so they were favorite to kind of uh, make some noise, go through. The, but he was uh, unfortunately killed. And, uh, and uh, Brothers Escobar was a very interesting documentary done by ESPN 60 for 60. Um, 30 for 30. Sorry, yeah, 30 for 30. Yeah, you're, you're doubling up there, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that good. So interesting uh, kind of story. Um, but I got a Andres Escobar kit, not one. Too many people can claim that. <laughs> That's you're, true. You're right. There's no come back to that. <laughs> so um, everybody agrees on Belgium and England to uh, Group G, and like we said, we just got well, that sports center Except update. for Lance, who's well, still pulling for the big upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hanging on to Panama, man. And it, it's, it's England and Panama. Panama. Right? England and okay. Panama, yeah. You're going to play Van Halen. Exactly right. I love it. We had to have another big hair band reference. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on to our final stage of Group H. And uh, this one's headed up by, as aforementioned, the Escobar Nation of Colombia, <laughs> Poland, Senegal, and Japan. Interesting. Very interesting all the way through. And the, all the way through this, this group, to me, it's a crapshoot. Right. It really is. Any any one of these teams could yeah. go through. And I was thinking the word crap was the ultimate uh, <laughs> yeah. identifier for this. The um, term. But, you know, my favorite team in that, and I, I wish them well because, um, you know, it, they seem to pull all the stops out every time they come to a World Cup is Senegal. Oh, I've got right. Senegal going through for that very reason. We just think of Sadio Mane. 
Well, there's that yeah, too. <laughs> that too. But you know, if Sadio Mane pulls all the stops out, he, he could be going elsewhere by the end of the uh, yeah. The, the he's summer. linked with Real Madrid. Now mm-hmm. Zidane's out. Yeah. 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 Ah well. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, I've got Senegal and Poland going through because um, Poland are um, again one of the consummate underachievers. Um, Colombia could sneak it in too. You know, so this this one group group age is, is is up in the air. You know, and personally, I've got uh, Senegal and Poland going through. I had absolutely no clue looking at this. Uh, had you no copy gut feeling. No, no. <laughs> As a matter of fact, no. But uh, I, I, I just uh, I went with Senegal and Colombia uh, because again I had no no pull any direction except for those two just kind of came out to me. I almost wanted to put Poland in there because it's right next door to Russia. Of course, they could be traveling a long, long way, as big as an expansive as Russia is. But, um, you know, Senegal, Senegal and Colombia, and I really have no technical analysis, as Kevin pointed out earlier. This is all. I'm like uh, the little Gladys lady or whatever that's in accounting and been in accounting for 30 years, and you think she's going to retire, but she never retires. And then it comes to NCAA tournament time, and she just picks her favorite mascots or whatever, and then she wins the pool. And that's that's, that's kind of what role I'm playing here on this podcast, picking these picking these teams. I'll I'll back you up with uh, Colombia though. Um, I believe that with James Rodriguez, uh, who um, who uh, scored the most goals uh, last World Cup, and like I already mentioned, um, I mean he really led his team uh, to what. Was it was it fourth place, third place? Colombia. Yeah. yeah, I believe it was fourth place. Fourth yeah. place. So that that was or that no, was pretty good. Yeah. So third place, uh, Colombia. I, I believe they they're gonna make it again. Um, and I also got Poland going through. Um, because uh, I mean we we have um, we have some great players there. Too. I think a lot of people look at Poland and say, oh, it's just Lewandowski. Uh, but I think if you look at it through the side, they've got a lot more quality players than you would really think. The more than meets the eye, I mean, they got Milik, um, Krakowiak, um, a bunch of different guys. Now they always had a strong defense. Um, I think Poland's a team that can make some noise, maybe even make it to the last eight. And I mean, uh, me being a Dortmund fan, I mean, uh, I used Kuba. to love uh, yeah, Jakub Blaszczykowski and uh, Piszczek and uh, of course uh, Lewandowski. Uh, love them playing together and they've been playing in, yeah on club uh, on their top levels, levels yeah they've been playing there together yeah I think uh, they'll make it through the group stages I say Colombia over uh, Poland ultimately I have Colombia and Senegal like. Poland Colombia for me Poland Colombia Patrick by the way Lewandowski yeah. led all goal scores in World Cup qualifying this little tip as well yeah, I'm embarrassed to say that I watched a Peru game, I watched a Morocco game, and I never watched Japan play, which I'm thinking is a big oversight on my part. I haven't seen Japan play, and that's frustrating to me. I've seen Poland play, and I find it boring. I find it, I find it thumping soccer, and I'm not a big thumping soccer fan. Uh, I'm going with Colombia and then Senegal myself because I've always liked watching Senegal play soccer. There's a lot of flair there. 
and uh, Columbia is similar and also I you, you know you, you, you kind of dead right everyone's been um, overlooking Japan um, because they don't get that much coverage over here but if you look at the side you know they've got guys that are playing for uh, Mainz in France they have guys playing yeah, in Israel. Um, Southampton in England, um, probably England. Oh, Liverpool have probably snagged that player. Oh, yeah. Southampton, um, and you, you have guys that play for Borussia Dortmund. You know, um, they got so their guys that play for Fortuna Düsseldorf that just won the second Bundesliga. So they've got guys that play at, at least getting to. Or and you know, the, the, the one guy we're countries. really we're not looking at is Okazaki from Leicester City. Oh, he played out of his he skin. His, he ran his legs off. You know, for Leicester, you know, in the, the season that they they won a championship, he ran his he ran his ass off, you know. So um, by no means are, are Japan pushovers, you know. Whether they've had enough playing time together, whether they're going to be able to um, co coexist as a team and get the cohesion that they need to come through and make a a uh, strong World Cup challenge. Yeah, this is probably the most level group out of all. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So anybody can make it here. And so of course one team will win. Walk it over. Yeah. Nine yeah. points. And the rest of them will uh, all draw. So I've got Senegal and <laughs> Poland going through. Interesting. Um, yeah. Anybody else? Anything standing out to them? No. The one thing that uh, stands out from all of the groups are the teams that are not going. And that, um, I showed these guys a, a few teams names that are not going to the World Cup. One is the United States, and we all we all know that. Acutely Second, aware. Yeah. <laughs> we're acutely aware. Yes, we're not acutely going. aware. Um, and then one of the other ones is um, who would have thought that the Netherlands, um, Holland, we're not going to go through. Well, they didn't make it to Euro 2016, so they've got to stop the ride at some point. And yeah. Um, and then the, the big absentee team of the World Cup that uh, everybody uh, is used to seeing in the World Cup is Italy. Italy are not going. They're not good enough. That's the first time I think not qualifying for Italy, Correct. right? Yeah. And perennial yeah. African power Cameroon not playing. Cameroon and Chile. Chile, Chile not, they're not playing. So there are quite a few really, really good national teams out there that are not represented in the World Cup this year. And to me, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, let's get. You know, we, we're seeing a, a few uh, teams that have never been there before. Iceland and Panama. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, that's what one of the things we've got to bear in mind too is that the teams that are not going. You know, Come on, Tunisia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we did a pretty good job of breaking down all the groups uh, for this podcast. We're going to call it a night on this one. We're going to host another podcast. Uh, and I want to send a. Um, an invitation to everybody around the table so um, when we come back um, at the conclusion of the group phases we'll um, have a, another have a look over the brackets and we look over the brackets <laughs> and uh, see where we're at so all the see red in the face piece of <laughs> pie and, and to that end one of the things about uh, being lucky enough to get paid so much money to be here tonight to do this is we also get to post uh, all of our idiocy online so those that would allow me, I will put your uh, picks on our website so we can see that and everybody can make fun of that. But also, oh, God. At first, I thought you meant picks as in pictures. I was like, we've avoided that. <laughs> we've avoided that for a reason. There's a reason it's a podcast, an audio Woo! podcast. That's right. That's right. But one of the things we're also going to do, and I've got to figure it out, I've got to work through the details. Uh, Scouts and I were talking about this today. For all of you all that might be interested in it, we'll also have a little competition that you can download a PDF from Scouts' house page and put in your entries for who you think is going through the, to the knockout stages. And we'll just host a little contest for that. 
and the winner will get something like, I don't know, when you die on your deathbed, you'll get, you know. Or a Scouse's House t-shirt, maybe. Yeah, you'll get married. Scouse's House t-shirt. And um, the other thing is, too, that, you, you know, with in Scouse's House. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> Open oh, a casket. Who's Scouse's house? Under the new stadium. Just so everyone knows, if I happen to get better results on my picks here in this opening rounds than Kevin, <laughs> on Soccer City, I will be relentless in dogging him for showing up with multiple kits and multiple jerseys, his expertise. Busting jokes on my breakdown and analysis in the way that I selected. From here on out, he will, will, will never let him to as Kevin the Kid Kernan. I think if you do, you should make Kevin Kit Kernan wear all 30 of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what would be funny is if I wore them all for an hour, and then they would never fit him again as long as he lives. And um, I want to point out to everybody that's listening to this um, that there are so many great places around town that you can watch any one of these games in the World Cup. Um, the three that stand out to mind for me is right here at Molly Malone's. There's um, Saints uh, Pizzeria and Pub out in St. Matthews and also the Melwood Tavern. There are three really good bars that are very soccer friendly and all you got to do is just show up and tell them which game you want to watch and they'll put it on the TV for you. Um, and then um, Tunisia Panama who <laughs> but uh, yeah if you want to watch any of these games please you know go and root out one of these places because the games will be on right games are usually uh, 8 11 and 2 right mm -hmm. is when they kick yeah. off and just about every day between June 14th and 28th yeah. is a group stage so um, there's no excuse not to get out to a game or even set your DV up play and when you get okay. home you know they'll be right there i think they're getting covered by fox, fox this year. Yeah. good excuse for some and, uh, and i'm going to give you apologies now because um you know the commentary team the fox are kind of uh, my nemesis but that's okay you know you can always turn the sound off i think <laughs> i think june 29th was the only day between now and or between june 14th and july 15th i think june right. 29th was the only day without world cup soccer so, uh, you know, my make new plans, <laughs> you know. Yeah. If you need to take somebody out on a date, you know, that's the good day for it. Well, hey, thanks for having me here. It's a lot of fun. I have to say, Evan, love listening to your podcast. Of course, I listen to Barrel Proof, and you all do a fantastic job. Evan, love what you do. Kenny, shout out to you, brother, for hosting this. I listened to the other podcast that you all did going into the Champions League final. Dude, you're phenomenal, man. Good job, man. You can kind of corral everybody in and keep it rolling. So thanks a lot. Don't for tell him that, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my job on Scott's house. Yeah. Well, you all are great, man. Thank you. And then um, to, to pick up this, you know, we've got uh, Lance and uh, Kevin here, but um, coming up on um, Saturday, we'll be uh, talking about this a little bit more. So um, nine o'clock Saturday morning, you better be tuning in because uh, we'll be uh, yapping about World Cup a little bit more. That's exactly Absolutely. right. No doubt about it. That'll be the case right through the right through the final. Okay. All right. So. Um, the World Cup is, uh, is right upon us and um, if one thing that we can uh, take away from this is a lot of people out there only watch soccer when the World Cup is on, but you know what? What team do we have here that's a professional team that um, we can go watch anytime? Who is that? Uh, that they play purple, purple, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the reigning, reigning champions of the USL. That's the one. That's, that's the one. Okay, so to make this just really fun, really at the end, since we're gonna, I'm gonna go since I'm recording this and I can throw this up tonight, probably if not first thing in the morning. 
predictions for tomorrow: Louisville City versus New England Revolution. All I want to score. I don't want to. I don't want a long diatribe. Score, Kevin. Two one, good guys. Two one, Lou City. Jones. Two nothing, Lou City. Lou City. Lance. I'll go one uh, zero, Lou City. One zero, Lou City. Scouts. I'm gonna go um, with Kevin. Two one for Lou City. Two one. Oh, you making prediction. It's, that, it's this important. It's this big of a deal. All the listeners want to know. All 14 of them want to know. It's going to be signed in regulation. I don't like predicting because my predictions are always wrong. Okay. So, so okay. we are 4-1 New England. I'll have to go with the good. I was going to say 2-1 as well. 2-1? Right. 1-1 goes to PKs. We win it. Oh, All right. I like it. Okay. I like it. I'm gonna take yeah. I'm gonna take two one to the boys in purple. So. And if if anybody's listening on here that um, it's gonna be on that pitch, just remember the penalty kicks get taken in front of Scouser's house, in front of the grass burn because uh, we'll catch the ball for you when the uh, other team put the ball over the bar. I don't we'll think have another mass migration. Yeah, it's because of us. No, we lost. We lost to Red Bulls to uh, oh, yeah, the, the Eastern Conference Finals. So thanks to everyone for coming out tonight. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Look forward to the other one that we'll record on June 29th, it looks like, since it's the only day that we won't have before the World Cup. So <laughs> everybody say thanks, Kenny, for paying the bill. Hey, hey, hey.